Thank you, Sally. We're continuing our series on being churched but unchanged. Now, as I look around the room this morning at your bright, smiley faces, because you had that extra hour last night, <laughs> and you feel totally refreshed and full of energy, or maybe not. As I look around, I see people who have probably been in the church for many, many years, either this church or another church. In fact, there's somebody in this room who's been in the church nearly all the time this church has existed. Um, and as we come to celebrate our 90th anniversary in two years' time, they too celebrate their 90th birthday. You can now try and work out who that is. <laughs> but, even having been in church all that time, does not make us a follower of Jesus. It's interesting as you read this passage that Sally read to us, and you go through the passage and see how Paul is saying, look, I have done everything. I've ticked every box. And he did as a Jew. He ticked every box. He was circumcised. He, he, he fasted. He did all the things, the religious things. But that didn't make him an authentic follower of Christ. And we can go through the tick box motions as Christians. I need to tick this box. In other traditions, it's a case of, have I been to confession lately? Oh no, I have a long list. I better go and catch up as if it's a tick box exercise to get us right with God. And Paul in this passage is going through and he's saying, look, if you want all the tick boxes, I've ticked them all. I've ticked every one. But that didn't get me right with God. You see, it's not what we do on the outward. Paul going through this passage Trying to say to the Philippian church, look, there's a deeper way. Be following Christ is deeper than a tick box exercise. He says this, but whatever were my gains to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. I consider everything loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Paul recognised that knowing everything, ticking every box, is nothing compared to knowing the surpassing love of Christ. Knowing Christ, personally. In this particular Sunday, as we talk about being churched but unchanged, we're talking about God's mission. God's mission, our mission. We, if I said, what is God's mission to the world, I'm sure we could quite easily recite things like Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And God's mission to his world was that of redemption. He wanted to redeem the world. 
He wanted to restore the world. He wanted to recreate the world as a place where Christ ruled. And we see that throughout the whole of Scripture, God's redeeming and saving and transforming and paying the biggest cost. But in this series of Church but Unchanged, I want to ask you a question this morning. What on earth are you here for? I'm not meaning in church today. I'm glad you're here. Standing up preaching to myself is not a great experience. I did it enough during the pandemic. I don't want to go back there. It's nice to see some smiling faces, and it's also nice to see the ones who are scowling at me. <laughs> oh, there's less now. That's good. But the question of what on earth are you here for is what has God put you on earth for? What is your purpose? What is your mission? What has God brought you here for? Because you have a purpose. Everyone who follows Christ has been given and given a purpose, given gifts, given a calling. Have you ever felt you've got a calling? Some of us are called to be even full-time pastors and leading churches, and that's a calling of God that we don't take lightly. And sometimes that calling takes us into uncomfortable places. But God calls each one of us, women and men, God calls. And he calls us to service. Some of those services are very public and others are quiet care services. But God calls us to be part of his mission. Do you feel you're part of God's mission today? Do you feel God has given you a calling to his mission As you go through the New Testament, you see many scriptures that talk about God has given some love to be apostles and teachers and some to be administrators. I love administrators, don't you? The ones who can make it happen. I know I can't. Administration is not my number one calling. Praise God. What is your life Purpose. What on earth are you here for? When we talk about mission, we talk about missio dei. If uh, you want the explanation of that, speak to Jiddy afterwards. In fact, just speak to Jiddy afterwards and say, can you explain missio dei to me? Because he's done it at college. But missio dei, very simply, is the mission of God. And we're called to be in part of the mission of God. God. Unfortunately, sometimes we substitute God's mission for our desires. Have you ever done that? God calls us, but we want our desires. And maybe our purpose at the moment in life, as we see it, is to get wealthy, maybe even to get a family. But actually, God's mission for us is that we are salt and light. We are transforming the world around us. So how do we know we are on God's mission? You see, God's mission is different. 
In verse 12 of chapter 3 of the book of Philippians, it says these words. Not that I have already obtained all this or arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for what that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Maybe you've applied for a job at some time and you've read the job description and you look through the job description and think, yeah, I can do about 80% of that. I'll apply for the job. And you go for the job and your employer says, or the prospective employer at this point, we shouldn't jump to conclusions, should we? The suspected, uh, the hopeful employer is looking at this and saying, oh yeah, I can see they've got those skills, they've got those skills. And you get to the job and you go to your first day at work what are you going to do? Well, your purpose at being at that workplace is to fulfill that job description, isn't it? It's to do the job to which you have been invited to do within that company. And if you do the job well, hopefully you'll get paid at the end of the month. And that's your purpose for being there, to do that job description. You might be in an employment situation where people around you are not doing their job description. Or they're only doing part of it. And it's frustrating you. Because you think, I just wish they would do their job so I can do my job. Anybody been in that situation? Yeah, one or two, yeah. We have, haven't we? If only they would get on and do their job and then I can do my job. And the same is in God's mission. If only Jesus' followers would get on and do the job he, God's called them to. Then the job will be done. So what is your purpose? What is it that Christ Jesus has saved you for? Let me tell you, this is how you start to know that you're about God's purposes and not yours. You see, God's purposes are not self-centred. They're not about feeding self. They're about caring for God's big plan. But you may say, well, I want to look after... Yes, God doesn't expect you to abuse yourself. But he has died and he has taken hold of you that you may serve God's purposes the second thing about God's purpose it's about showing love love that's a powerful word isn't it love and God's love the world so much he gave the most valuable thing to her, his son but he calls his followers to show that love to one another, yes, but to the world. So when we see a need, we help with that need. And we ask in ourselves in each situation, what would Jesus want me to do here? 
What would Jesus' love response mean at this point? Sometimes Christians can be the most intolerant of people. The most spiteful of people. If you read the chapter before in Philippians, there's a great title in one of that in that chapter that I think one day I might preach on. But maybe I don't need to. If you look at chapter two in the title in the NIV just above verse twelve, it says this do everything without grumbling. Maybe a start for a week, shall we, and see how it goes. But it's about love. God's purpose for our life is about showing love. And thirdly, it's about representing Christ. A friend of mine who's a prolific blogger and writes blogs talks about we are free samples of Jesus wherever we go. <laughs> Have you ever been one of the round of one of those shows, maybe the um, great homes exhibitions or whatever, and you go from store to store just to see what free samples you can pick up and try, and you think, oh great, I've got a free sample, and you come home with a bag full of free samples, and you are excited because you've now got another ten pens you will never use. And you've got a few more bags and all that sort of thing. And you, have, you feel it's been successful because you've got all these free samples. And why do they give you free samples? Because they want you to buy more. They want you to be part of that company. You are a free sample of Jesus. Because Christ lives in you. How you behave shows how Christ is living in you. But when we are representing Christ in our workplace, in our social space, the question is, am I, being given, am I giving a good example of who Jesus is in this context? And our life purpose should be that we are followers of Jesus and we are demonstrating Christ wherever we go showing genuine love fourth purpose God is saying is about making a difference a couple of weeks ago I had a meeting with one of the senior staff at uh, London Borough of Havering and I took the opportunity to point out that, do you know what? The biggest voluntary gift to the community comes through the local church. Throughout Havering, there are tens of thousands of hours of voluntary work being given by the churches of Havering to the community of Havering. Things like food banks and shelters, homelessness projects, feeding projects. They are being given freely by God's people. 
And you know, I sat there with this leader of the council and I was saying, do you know that we do that because we genuinely care for our community? Yet we could do so much more. And there is so much more to be done as we look at the demands and the needs of our community. And so we're not self-centred, it's about showing genuine love, it's about representing Christ, it's about making difference, and then it's about sharing Christ. Having a reason. Sharing who Jesus was. And giving others the opportunity to receive Jesus for themselves. That's what God's mission is. Loving, serving, transforming, and giving an opportunity for others to have the hope for eternity. Well, I'm just going to pause for a moment and ask you the question. Have you got that hope for eternity yourself? We've sung some great songs this morning. We sung about what a beautiful name Jesus is and the fact he's got no rivals, no equals. Why? Because he transforms lives. We sung about the greatest day in history when Jesus took hold of our lives and transformed us. And I want to ask you today, do you, could you sing that as a testimony? What do I mean a testimony? Could you sing that as this explains my life experience. Or was it a good song that I enjoyed singing? Was it your story? Because if it's not your story, let me encourage you. Make it your story. Start thinking about how Jesus could become part of your life. And so, as I draw to a close, I want to focus on verse 10 for a minute. Paul, the super apostle who met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul, the man who had tried to tick every religious box. Paul, the man who was asking the question, what am I on earth for? He says this, I want to know Christ. That's his ambition. After all he's done, all the churches he's planted, everything else, he wants to know Christ. But not just know Christ, but to know the power of Christ's resurrection. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead on that Easter Sunday, that was the most powerful thing that has ever happened in the whole of history. You might think a nuclear bomb is powerful. Nothing to the, what, the power of what Christ did. Because on that Easter Sunday, 
all the powers of darkness. Yes, those powers of darkness that people, for some strange reason, are celebrating in parties over this nation and this world over this weekend, and they call it Halloween, they call it fun. I call it dangerous, I call it ungodly, and I say it should have nothing to do with us as followers of Jesus. Because Jesus defeated those powers on that resurrection day. And Jesus had the victory over death. He had the victory over Satan who thought he had won and then realised he had messed up big time. Paul wanted to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death. What's he mean? Paul wants to be sold out. Totally to Jesus. And I ask you today, will you? Will you ask yourself the question today, what on earth am I here for? And then respond like Paul. I want to know Jesus. I want to know his power, his resurrection. I want to know his purposes. And then I want to, like Paul says in verse 12, press on to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of me. And then going on in verse 13, he says, forgetting what is behind, forgetting our past, and straining towards what is ahead. God pulling us to a new way of living. I press on, says Paul, to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Churched but unchanged. When we get to meet Christ face to face, which we all will, Let me just maybe upset you for a moment. Jesus is not going to ask, how many church services did you go to? He's not going to ask how many confessions you did. He's going to ask you, were you my disciple? Were you my disciple? Now, being a disciple of Christ means that we want to be part of his fellowship and be part of his church. But the question is, did we follow Christ? Did we take hold of Christ and his mission? Now, we might want to respond, yes, I did. Well, oh, I was planning to, actually, Jesus. Life was just a bit too busy. 
She says, you know, I, I was planning to, but, you know, I was waiting for the children to grow up. Well, I was waiting until I started my career. Or I was waiting until, I was waiting to, and I never quite got around to it. Today, friends, I invite you to get involved in the calling of Christ to his mission wherever he leads you today and tomorrow and to be part of his journey in his world, defeating darkness, showing his love, transforming situations, being a part of all that Christ has called us to be. This is the call 